Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very special day because I am joined by an incredible woman. She is a gifted psychic medium and human. She is a thriving survivor of the unimaginable. She is beautiful inside and out. She is a warrior woman. And I am so grateful to be sharing the screen with her today. I am honored, in fact. Rachel Vaughan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Narita. It's an honor to be here with you, beautiful lady. Thank uh, you for the gorgeous intro. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, we actually, we actually had to, I actually hadn't hit record, so I needed to do that again, everyone. So <laughs> the things that we do. Um, so Rachel, um, obviously there is so much to you. Uh, you're such a beautiful soul who has many talents and many different things. Uh, but there is a, a part of your story that is quite heavy um, and that you have gone through so much. Um, for people who don't know uh, know you or come across you before, perhaps we could start with your story and then go wherever spirit takes us. Okay, no worries. So, um, well, my my life started difficult, but I'm in a really good place now. So I just want to share that with everybody as you as you listen. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in South Australia in Adelaide, and Adelaide has a very very dark energy and a very dark history. Um, my father was an ASIO operative. Um, his his day job, his normal day job, was to um, wiretap people's phones as a telecommunications officer for Telecom, which is now Telstra. Um, but he was also a Rosicrucian. And a Freemason, we have high up Freemasons in the family. Joseph Wright, my great grandfather, was um, a grand president of the Grand Lodge, which is very high up. Um, he was also a member of the Golden Dawn sect. He had a large group of friends who were all pedophiles. He had immunity from prosecution. So he had seven children. Um, I was the second youngest. I only found out about my younger brother in 2012 because my father had a clandestine relationship with a woman a street away from where I grew up and produced another child in the 80s who came forward in 2012. Um, Of the the siblings that I grew up with, four of us came forward to say that our father had sexually abused us as children and worse, far worse. So he's a person of interest in the disappearance of the three Beaumont children who went went missing in 1966. He was, um, I watched him murder uh, multiple children, including Tracy Louise Bell, um, usually known as Louise Bell, but her first real name was Tracy, in 1983 in a, um, a hidden cellar beneath our childhood home. And that childhood home didn't just have a hidden cellar, it also had a um, old um, telecommunications bunker, which had been a, an old brick kiln from the Wonderlix factory that was in the area. And um, when they dug the clay out, they, they built the kilns at the lower level and then they brought fill in later and covered all the kilns up. And so those kilns ended up being all these bunkers and in um, in the area um, used as bunkers or as um, cold stores. And then in a 1938 mandate, they actually, the government said that every, every house, every business, every meeting place had to have a tunnel, trench or bunker within 20 um, feet of the back door. So everywhere in Adelaide ended up with this under under section um, because of that 1938 mandate. So then the bunkers in the area of Edwardstown, Glandor um, and surrounding suburbs um, where the Wonderlicks sort of factory sort of stretched out to, 
they ended up with these tunnels. So you've got this incredible underground sort of tunnel system, plus bunkers, plus you've got the Telstra tunnels in the area that I was also trafficked through, which are very, very extensive. They're pretty much on every main street everywhere in, in Australia um, and, and many, many side streets as well, main roads. Um, and there's also the water tunnels. So in my area alone, where I grew up, I've been able to map the tunnel system and I've put out um, a video on BitChute and Rumble in January of this year, basically showing all that evidence. Um, as far as I know, it's the only time someone like myself has spoken about things like satanic ritual abuse has actually been able to put out evidence of um, the abuses that, that I've experienced in my siblings. Like my, my brother and sister have got so many photographs, sort of photographic evidence that I've also managed to put out in, in videos. So there's an enormous amount of evidence to prove that our father was involved in some very nefarious activities the fact that he got away with abusing the four of us, um, four of his seven children, and, you know, I, I know that those who haven't spoken up about the abuse, I know that they were abused because I witnessed it. So, you know, the fact that nothing's been done, is just it's just horrific. It's ridiculous. I, I went through every government department you could possibly go through and complain to everyone you could possibly complain to. And then in 2017, he was being investigated, but he died which is very convenient. And then, you know, you can't convict a corpse. So nothing happened after that. So that's when I started to sort of go out and speak out publicly. I had been speaking out on um, social media previous to that, but then I started to, to give interviews because you, you just can't let people get away with this because I know I, I'm i a very um, strong individual and I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, but there are so many people that I know who don't have that strength, who are too scared to speak out, who've contacted me and God knows how many countless people that haven't contacted me who are being abused in the system. And of course the system continues because now it's state sanctioned kidnapping in a different way. It's very out there with the department of child protection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, my father was a kidnapper back when he was being protected by police and the government, but now it's right out there and it's just part of what the government does. It's, it's disgusting. And it's just, it can't continue. I don't think it's going to continue for too much longer. I think the tide's turned. Mm. Well, with someone like yourself and the many people that are speaking out about this all over the world, I've listened to so many testimonies from so many different people who are no way in contact and their stories are so similar. Um, and so being, you know, you can't sort of make this stuff up. This stuff is happening. And I think for a lot of people, it's the cognitive dissonance. Um, you know, it's not being able to look at that. Um, and I often think, well, imagine what it is like going through it. Um, and so the fact that you speak out and you keep doing what you're doing, it's just so incredible. Um, and you've gone through so, so much like that some people can't even fathom, really. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, it's not just, you know, being trafficked through tunnels. It's the satanic ritual, rituals that I was forced to to, to be a part of and, you know, they do, they try to sell your soul. In these cults, they do try to sell your soul. So I had that experience as well. But uh, luckily, I was able to recognize what was going on in the moment. Mm. And I've still got the little bracelet that my father gave me that he said came off a ship. And it's a really weird metal, it's really strange, very light, but very, very hard metal. Um, and he put that on my wrist as, you know, as the, the marriage ceremony. He was marrying me, but also selling my soul. Wow. to the devil at the same time and under my breath I muttered I'm giving myself to Jesus I knew enough about Jesus to know that he was the good guy mm. and I think that might have protected me or I don't know I certainly didn't sell my soul it wasn't sold and I don't believe it's interesting I don't believe you could 
force a child to sell their soul either. It must have no. just been part of this, you know, indoctrination and mind control that he was putting me through. Mm. So there's so many nuances to what goes on and Adelaide is just known for it. It's known it really for is, it. isn't it? Mm. it? It really is. And all yeah. the, I mean, um, some of the things that you've shared that you've gone through is just, I mean, it's just beyond. Um, and then Adelaide, you're right. It's just, it's so rife throughout, but it, but it is across the whole world at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, when you look at Adelaide and you hear about the family murders, which is another example, and I think my father was very much involved with that group of people. Mm. These are high-profile doctors, lawyers, judges, businessmen, um, people like my father who've gotten away with it. There's been one person who's been done for the family murders, and this was, for those who don't know, it was a group of boys who, and young men who were kidnapped horrifically tortured raped and murdered and some of them experimented on I mean some of the some of the injuries are just horrific and then left out to be found so they were just and that to me I don't think it was just that they were being sloppy and for a while I thought that perhaps it was my father that was leaving the bodies out to be found because of some of the experiences where he for instance one situation where he actually left a bunch of sheets bloodied sheets after he'd done one of these things Mm -hmm. outside a particular home I think near Port Rush Road um, very significant and he, he was laughing and sniggling, sniggering about how oh they won't they won't like that I've left them there so I think he was involved with leaving these bodies out but I don't think it was just that he was pissed off that he was um, having to do this work for people because he was also under he was being blackmailed he was he'd already been producing he was a pedophile who was producing child um, rape material and I think he got possibly you know roped into something but he also came from a cult family so you know I try to piece it together but it's very difficult to understand um I think it's also you know it was a terrified um terrorization campaign Mm. by leaving these bodies out so that all the people of Adelaide would be terrified Mm. because they and they they got one they've had incarcerated one person for it um Bevan Spencer von Einem who they've also tried to um rope into the the Beaumont disappearance but Mm. There's a photograph that they've always tried to say was Bevan Spencer von Einem, a, a man standing on the beach at the time of the um, search for the Beaumont children in drains. You know, you, you just can't make this stuff up. Mm. Um, and uh, I've, I've been able to prove, uh, thank, thankfully, to my brother Andrew, he found photographs of the guy that's actually the guy on the beach that looks a bit like von Einem. Von Einem didn't even look like the guy on the beach at the time that the photograph was taken anyway. It's just mm. they're trying to trying to rope it all in onto von Einem. It was really interesting. There was a, a psychic that was involved with trying to find the Beaumont children, a guy called Croissette, I think his surname was. I might have that wrong. But his first initial belief was that the children had been hidden in a brick kiln, the mm. Beaumont children. Now, the, this is way back before I was even born. And then later on, and I only found this out about a year ago, mm. the brick kiln was under my father's property. Mm. as far as I know they never actually went under there but this psychic obviously had picked up on the brick kiln so the brick kiln's really important and that was one of the reasons why I just you know hammered myself for two and a half years after I first spoke about the tunnels number one because I didn't want to be discredited by it because I've got got a a fleet of trolls who are paid who've been trying to discredit me Um, but also because I knew that hidden cellar the bunker and the tunnels my father kept quiet he sold the property onto a family member didn't tell them about it mm. it's been sold on again I know that the shed is collapsing into the brick kiln <laughs> so the current owners mustn't be very happy about that 
So, you know, that's that's all the evidence I need. The, the major crime department detective went out to the um, property, didn't do didn't look in the hatches. He looked in termite inspection points in 2012 when I first told him that Louise Bell had been murdered under there, mm. but he didn't take in-ground penetrating radar. So, you know, that that's enough evidence for him to lose his job, presumably, mm. because he didn't do his job. And then they incarcerated another man for her murder, which my father perpetrated. So it just, it's, it's the convolution nuances of it. It's just, it just unraveling. It's unraveling. Yeah. It's phenomenal. The layers are phenomenal because yeah. it, I mean, it, it's murders, it's satanic ritual abuse, it's MK Ultra, it's yeah. all these different things happening. Um, and then there's blackmailing and it, it, it reads and writes like a, a crazy movie, but yeah. it's actually real and yeah. it happens every day and it's still happening. Yeah, it is still happening. Yeah. yeah. All over the world. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah. And you're interviewed a lot um, with what you do and you keep speaking your truth and sharing the message that needs to get out there, which is phenomenal. Um, I know you're doing uh, uh, something at the moment with 50 Voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So what's that about? Well, that's been put together by some very beautiful people who who, who don't have this sort of background, but they've chosen to to go to the effort of con um, connecting with 50 of us mm. SRA survivors and mind control, MK Ultra mind control survivors and putting our voices out there. And it's it's been beautifully done. You know, it, it's very, very professionally done. And I think, you know, people have such short attention spans nowadays, but um, the trailer, which was about five minutes long, that's been seen, oh, it was half a million times on at least one platform. So that's getting to the, the you know, the realms of it starting to actually, you know, having some some traction. Basically, it's um, people from all over the world, many different cultures, backgrounds, um, different countries, different languages, same experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it, it's so hard to refute when you know that none of well few of us know each other but I don't know any of the ones on the other side of the world who are speaking different languages but mm. they're talking about the same sort of things that I went through yeah so it's difficult to to refute when you have so many people and that that 50 that number 50 that's only those of us who've actually spoken out mm. you know <laughs> that the number of and the numbers of of people who of of survivors sorry of sufferers and victims who died mm. is astronomical yeah yeah, it is, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, I, oh, there's so many ways that we can go here. So I, I've made lots of notes um, and things. And I, I think one thing that you talk a lot about uh, are the tunnels, uh, those, those interesting things and, and different things that you've said in different um, interviews that I've listened to you speak about that I've sort of that have stayed in my mind that I find quite interesting, like things like uh, where palm trees sit. And uh, can you talk a bit about that and what that um, people can look out for and I guess just become aware of in a way? Well, that was something that actually was shared to me by another survivor, which, mm. you know, it's amazing when, when you put yourself out there, you'll get all these incredible people come forward with their own evidence and that helps you to sort of piece the whole puzzle together. So someone came forward to me to say, did you realise that the palm trees are, actually it was two people, the palm trees are a symbol that these people use. So that's why you've got palm trees all over Epstein Island. Mm. It's a symbol for them. It's it's their, um, another person pointed out that the, the root ball um, of a palm is about 18 inches. 
mm. depending on the palm tree. So yeah. they don't interfere with underground structures, but they're a symbol for underground structures. Right. So and if, and once I realised that, I mean, we had a we had a um, a yucca a yucca palm in mm. the front yard of my house, right right next to the underground cellar, wow. right next to it. So um, within a couple of feet. Mm. So that was my father putting up the sign. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting that that house now has a red painted door. It had a red painted door at the time it was sold um, just after I, I went public with the ITNJ. Um, that, that that house got sold. So wow. that had been owned by my family member at the time. Now it's got a red door and the red door is also another symbol for child trafficking mm-hmm. and underground trafficking. So I didn't so know palm, about the red The palm tree has gone, but the red door is there because the palm tree must have died or been wow. taken out yeah so and does it is it across streets as well like something like Anzac Highway or um or is it more it's in the front of houses or and another thing as well that you talk about are terraces and cul-de-sacs like um or I think cul-de-sacs terraces and avenues Avenues. terraces and avenues tend to be where you find the water tunnels Mm. so depending on how big they are so some of these water tunnels you can drive through so there's one at Morfittville Racecourse that you can drive into there's another one at Camden mm. Park not far from where I grew up but you could drive into these are huge openings yeah um, and so if you if you go along the terraces and avenues you can see some of these water tunnels are actually really big and you can go into them some of them have I think they're called well with the telecommunications tunnels the Telstra tunnels they've got um junction boxes as well that which are huge I mean I've I've had stories from people tell me that they used to ride their bikes in them as kids mm. ride down the tunnel and ride around in this junction box because you know you can ride up the walls and things mm. so there's an underground that people just have no idea about but yeah the palms are markers so it's interesting too because they seem to be really bringing the palms out in places like Bendigo I mean Bendigo's covered in them anyway but they're, they're really like the main streets and stuff now they're really putting the palms up in these areas that are going to be smart cities so they again it's another big symbolic thing for this is a whole symbolic um language for these Freemasons and these people in these in these occult circles that we're supposed to not know about but the symbolism, as as the Bible said, I'm not I'm not a big biblical person. I'm not really I'm not into organized religions at all. But mm. you know, the the symbols will be their downfall. That's so darned obvious with it. It's everywhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is everywhere. And um, you know, the thing that I'm that's popped into my mind while we're speaking too is the recent video around the tunnels through to Kangaroo Island, as well. Um, <laughs> and that person finding a book in the um salvos or you know op shop wherever it was and um going through um what do you think about that well it's interesting because that particular website jim's urbex there's there's been some weird stuff on there that i don't necessarily think is um legit but i might be wrong yeah yeah so but there's other stuff that that i do think is legit so Mm um and this ki tunnel um i know somebody who's been at the KI end and played in the tunnel entrance and mm. also her father talked to her about the tunnel wow so so and I think more and more people are going to come forward with memories of this so there's mm. no need for a bridge or a ferry mm. if you've got a tunnel so it, and there's also no need for a desal plant if that's a water tunnel so people are paying 283 dollars a year mm. tax um, rate payers for the desal plant which is not necessary if that's a water tunnel yeah. So what on earth? <laughs> mm. 
That's yeah. yeah that's but it's interesting also the Kate Jervis end. I heard legends about this big opening that, mm. that friends of mine used to do. They used to call it the leap of faith and they jump over it. And I'm wondering if that's what they're actually talking about, this big crevice that's that's in there that obviously is the beginning of that water tunnel. Wow. Yeah. I actually had a friend mention um, Kate Jervis uh, a little while back, um, but not related to this, but just her um, sense of the energy. And so I, I just found that really interesting and in the fact that you're um, bringing that up as well. So it's just, yeah. And you said before you're talking about how um, now that they, this is more out in the open and people's memories might start to come back around Kangaroo Island, but also tunnels. Um, that to me is another fascinating thing too, because a lot of the stuff that you go have gone through um, is so horrific, so traumatizing. And our brains have this uh, magical, powerful subconscious mind, which uh, can really uh, help us, um, but it's also used um, in terrible ways um, to, to split and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're talking about memories, is some people, um, they, from what I've listened to and, and researched myself, is memories tend to start coming back around the age of 30, 35 on average, but then there are people whose memories are so suppressed that they might not come out into their 40s or even 60s. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so it's interesting because there's an average of around about 26 years from when abuse occurs okay. and someone actually remembers it if it's so horrific that they've actually sort of split uh, to an altar or, or they've repressed it to the point where they can't access it. So that's that's quite a long period of time. Some people it takes even longer. Yeah. Um, it's also fascinating to know that Sydney University was a hub for um, uh, mind control. Mm. And you see a lot of people coming out of Sydney University who end up being their MK Ultra slaves, a lot of actors, actresses, musicians, those sorts of people. Um, Martin Orne, um, uh, Wendy Louise Walker, there's a bunch of them that were um, teaching hypnosis um, in uh, the psychology department at Sydney Uni and, and beyond. Graham Burroughs was part of that. These are all people who are also involved, not all of them but that, that I've named, but many, many people are involved in um, hypnosis are also involved with the false memory syndrome foundation which is there and 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 set up the satanic panic rubbish mm. to try and discredit people like myself who speak out about these things so when you've got this um normal part of the brain that just dissociates and pulls back and you've also got people with her adept hypnotists running around making sure that people get reprogrammed and so that they can't they can't come speak out and you know obviously there's threats and all sorts of other reasons why people don't speak up they've, they've got everything very cleverly tied up until you get to a point where humanity goes through an awakening period which mm. is what we're going through so at the moment in the last three four years and I think they knew that this was coming something about the photons of light hitting earth or we're, we're just coming to a phase where psychic ability is about well it is it's going through the roof mm. people are suddenly waking up um and it could also be that people you know stopped drinking fluoridated water they stopped using the fluoride in the toothpaste they started to realize that that is actually deadening and, and calcifying the pineal gland which is the seat of being able to pick up this psychic information so I think we're, we're sort of at a, a it's, it's a perfect storm for people to sort of wake up and realize that these things are going on. But, you know, people have often come to me um, uh, and said, you know, it seems like in the judiciary, in the courts, family courts, in these departments of child protection, 
these workers, these people working there seem hypnotized. They seem completely dumb to the reality of what they're doing. Mm. And I think they are. I mean, my father would click his fingers at my mother and say a few words and she would be rapidly induced into a hypnotic state. <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be somewhere else. And terrible things would be happening right in front of her and then he'd click his fingers at her again and she'd be back out again. Wow. And, and gobsmacked at, at the state of her children. So these people have these tools, but it, I, it's, it's failing. It's failing them because obviously, you know, there's so many of us speaking out now and so many people waking up to it and so many people coming to this um, cosmic consciousness or, you know, higher consciousness where they're just not dumbed down anymore. People aren't watching the news. The reason why um, reporters speak in the way that they do, you know, it's, it drums into you the sort of things that they want you to hear. And, and it's it's a form of hypnosis as well. And they're trained in that. I don't know whether or not journalists realise and, and presenters realise that that's why they're doing it, but it's definitely a form of hypnosis. Mm. So Australia's hypnotised or has been, but we're waking up. Mm. We are waking up, absolutely. Mm. And there's no stopping the awakening. I mean, it's sped up so much, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It, it has sped up so much. And I think... For anyone who, um, wherever they are, always feel like people are exactly where they're supposed to be in their awakening, in their journey. And, um, you know, if this is something that you're hearing for the first time, just to to be really gentle on yourself and to, to know and, and uh, be okay with that, you're, you're doing great and you came here for this time, you chose here to be this time. I mean, it is it is crazy. It's like mother earth is giving birth and there's so much coming to the surface. Um, it's so the light is being shone on the darkness of the stuff that's been there the whole time. So, um, and people are really coming back into their power, back into balance and knowing who they are. And I think, um, with people doing the work on themselves, that right there is something that can really help with this whole thing. I guess, um, where I'm going with this is there's, people might think well heck what can I do what can I do to help and um, obviously to me and I'm sure you're the same is doing the work on yourself and knowing yourself and not having the fluoride and um, all that self-awareness what else can people do stop watching the mainstream news Mm. stop reading their papers stop paying for their magazines then they know that they're losing the fight so you know they, they they work on numbers so, you know, if they're not getting the numbers, they'll know that, that we're not listening anymore. Mm. Um, do your best to gently inform the people around you that you love as best you can. And, and this is the thing with cognitive dissonance, as you said before, you know, you, you can't break through that shell if they don't want to know. Mm. So you just got to do it as best you can. Um, and I guess another important thing is community, creating your own community of people who are like-minded, who do understand what's really going on, because that's a great benefit to you because then you can have food co-ops and edu- education co-ops. And we've, we've got to get away from, we need to completely transform and change the way the judiciary works, education system works, the medicine system works. Um, there's so many areas of food, food has to not be this you know um uh processed rubbish that people are eating people need to grow their own food again we all need to have chickens in the backyard these are the things that we all need to be doing again and producing our own food um and then we need to get rid of governments and we need to have community-based governments um so it's it's uh like it used to be in tribal sort of situations where 
there is truly an elected leader or a, or a um a group of people that are elected to to speak on behalf and in politics that just does not happen mm-hmm. it's either that the elections are dodgy they use the wrong sort of software you know if we've seen all this in america um or they just they count it the way they want to count it and they put you know it, i think most of the politicians in in australia are placed there mm-hmm. they come from from cult families there's there's one from my own family so you know it, it's always the way they, they just set it up so I actually think we're moving towards smaller communities working together and living together because again that's another way that you can always tweet out a pedophile because when people all know each other and they all watch each other's behavior if one person's abusing other people will recognize it and then they get ousted or whatever's supposed to happen happens to them mm. you've yeah. got to weed out the cancer yeah absolutely what can people I mean I know there's a lot of stories that are coming up even just um, in Adelaide recently on your telegram channel you shared I think it was in Adelaide um, I've forgotten the guy's name now but there's stories he's working in a um, uh, childcare place um, and just horrific horrific uh, number of I think it was 91 counts of abuse yeah Ashley Griffith Actually, oh, thank you. Um, yeah. They finally put his face out. So, you know, they they finally changed the laws here to um, stop suppressing names of, mm. of pedophiles because, you know, you've got to protect them. I mean, that's <laughs> they're so well protected in in, um, in Australia and South Australia in particular. So this creature's finally been, um, had his face put out there and he's been named. So he had 91 counts of rape against childcare centre little girls in childcare centres in Queensland and New South Wales. And as always, and he was he was photographing, he's taking film of it and photographing it. So he's got 613 counts of making child exploitation material and 603 counts of um, assault plus the 134 rapes. So these are of 91 children. So these these are toddlers. These are little, little girls. So if we're talking rapes, we're going to, we're talking that these girls are going to have lifelong problems. They may not be able to give birth because their cervix would be so destroyed. And I know that's very, very brutal mm-hmm. and people don't want to think about those things or know about them, but this is, this is one of the signs that a child's been abused is the cervix gets pushed backwards. And so, you know, as an adult, if women go and have a pap smear and, and they can't see the cervix where it's facing in the wrong direction, it's a pretty good sign that you've been abused as a child. So people need to know these signs, you know. Um, so that creature's finally been named and shamed. And look, I, I can't imagine that he'll last very long because they'll be putting him in the prison system. And I know um, the the uh, abuser of my brother, who my, my, my brother had put away in 2016, Anthony Munro, is living in luxury apparently mm. in, in the incarceration system that he's in because he's being protected. Mm. And he only, this is another thing with this Ashley Griffith situation, he was only caught after 15 years of abusing, 15 years. He was on the run, well, not on the run. He was quite out there abusing all these children. Um, he only got caught because he was doing it in an overseas location. And so the South, oh, sorry, the Australian police had to um, catch him and do something about him. Exactly the same situation with Munro. Munro was over funding orphanages in, in Cambodia, Anthony Munro. And he's um, the co-accused along with my father for the um, Beaumont children kidnapping and disappearance and my brother had Munro put away but it was really only because Munro was being chased by vigilantes over in Cambodia that he came back to Australia to face 
incarceration here because it would have been a lot more comfortable than being caught by a bunch of vigilantes over in Cambodia. So, you know, it's it's like come back to Australia and we'll make you comfortable and you can see out your sentence. So it's, it's, it's I mean, words don't even express, do they? No, no. And you'll see that pattern over and over and over again with Australian abusers. They only get caught because they're doing stuff overseas mm-hmm. and they must have good good police or good people overseas that are looking into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's nuts. Like there are no words, it's nuts. And I think people with children who may not even be aware that this stuff sort of even goes on. I mean, there's, there's levels as well, isn't there? There's sort of just the, the family or the friend sort of thing, but then there's the satanic, the ritual abuse and the MK ultra, like what, I mean, what can people do and look out for from where they're they're standing? So for those who've got small children, if you think they might be being abused, I mean, pedophiles are very clever. They'll tell the child that they that they no one loves them like they do. You know, they'll try and um, bribe them with food or clothes or or drugs. Um, they'll do all sorts of very dodgy things to keep the child under control. Mm. Um, but children, will, most children will show in their behaviour that something's going on. Yeah. So they'll become withdrawn or they'll act out. They'll actually do sexual things with other children. And that's a very strong sign. Mm. Or they'll have physical signs like bleeding or injury in certain areas that shouldn't be there. Um, they might act out with with pets as well or or toys and things. They might show you what's been happening to them through their toys. So if you're seeing those sorts of behaviours, you've really got to question what's going on. And the most important thing is to let the child feel like they've got a safe place to speak. Mm. Don't don't berate them. Don't harass them. Don't threaten them if they don't tell you because they're probably being threatened by the other person. And, you know, parents, obviously, in those sorts of situations, it's very, very scary and it's very emotional and very overwhelming. But the child's needs have to be put first. So um, this is the other scary thing, Narita. You, you've got to be super careful about who you report to. Yeah, There's mandatory reporting. Yeah. But if you report to the child protection authorities and then you know that pedophile's being protected, you'll lose your kids. Mm. So I really don't, you know, people always ask me, what do I do? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. All I can say is natural law. And I can't speak too clearly on what that might be. Mm. People have got to use their imagination because you can't incite these things. Mm. Mm. Oh, God, it's very hard. It is hard. It's hard and it's heavy um from this like um darkness and heaviness there is also so many gifts that uh come through from this the connection with the beautiful people I know that you've connected with so many incredible humans across the world sharing your story and making friends online that you know that you'll have for life and that you can talk to about this stuff um and that you can all share your knowledge and it's also um the abilities that you have gained from your most horrific experiences um some of those being your psychic gifts uh which are absolutely incredible um and knowing i guess being able to read people really well and knowing uh sort of where to go in conversations and and all that sort of stuff can you talk a bit more about those kind of the the blessings in the shit yeah (laughs) 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 great way to put it yeah it's weird it's weird so 
I'm I'm an incredibly optimistic person. So I think that's what's kept me surviving this long. Um, so my my both my sides of the family, my mother's side and my father's side, have this innate psychic ability. Um, my mother, I think, was chosen by my father. She was 16 years his junior. He was already married with three children when he decided to get her pregnant. I think he chose her because, and this is a, a friend of mine, Doug McIntyre, done some amazing research on this. The Nazis knew that hazel-eyed, particularly green eyes, green-eyed, hazel-eyed people, it's called central heterochromia when you have hazel eyes. Mm. Um, heterochromia is, or full heterochromia is when you have one green eye and one blue eye or one green eye and one brown eye. Central heterochromia is when you have, say, a green eye with, with a brown around the pupil. And it's called hazel eyes and it's supposedly so ordinary, but it's it's roughly one in 200 in some statistics and it's actually much, much lower um, in, in on a worldwide level. Um, number of people actually have hazel eyes mm. particularly when they're green eyed and they have a celtic background you um, have an innate psychic ability so the hindus believe that um, anybody with multiple different colors in their eyes um, had a, a connection to god and a, an ability to see the future so i'm the nazis are fascinated by this and so they're abusing and 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 mind controlling a lot of people with this heterochromia and central heterochromia and when you look at hollywood and you look at the music industry, the number of people with either full or central heterochromia is extremely like off the charts, considering mm. what a small population it is that has it. Almost all of the people in, in Hollywood have this. Yeah. So most of them are mind control slaves. So if you look at, and you see and you notice this, and there's, there's even articles you can look it up where they've got mm. lists of people who've got this, um, if you Google it or whatever. Mm. Um, so my mother had that. So I think my father hand chose her knowing all of this stuff about the Nazis. My father was absolutely obsessed with the Second World War. He mm -hmm. had every book he could possibly have on the Nazis and what they were doing. So he knew. So he chose her. And through that, I was chosen for the mind control programming um, with the psychic theta programming aspect of it. So I, my, my um, uh, training started from when I was still had a dummy in my mouth and he was holding me up and I was still in nappies. Um, and they would show me these cards with black and white sort of markings and um, symbols. And, and I had to guess what the person was thinking of and point at the card that they were thinking about. They would hold up certain cards and I'd have a choice of three. So I remember doing that. And whether or not I actually had any adeptness at that point, I don't know. Because at certain points along the training, and I'd be taken into a facility for the training or I'd be doing it elsewhere. Um, and even just in the back of the car, my father would ask me who's what a certain person's soul color might be so I pick up on auras but I can pick it up remotely I don't have to be with the person I can just get a name um so um they would tell me in, in the facility that oh you you can do this because you've done it before and I'd be in a in a in a sort of a trance state or a, a hypnotic state and I'd believe them mm. and then I'd start to do whatever it is that they told me I could do and I would have that ability mm. but my father told me years later we just told you you could do those things you believed us and then you exp expressed that ability wow. so you know mind over matter is a pretty powerful thing or mind over soul I, I guess it's probably had the way you describe it but yeah um I've managed to turn that around so I refuse to let my life be some you know nightmare story I've I've turned it around I'm I'm actually very happy I'm 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 I, I would describe myself as fulfilled 
because I've done what I needed to do. When I came here, I've actually gone past that. I survived enough to tell my story. I've provided the evidence now. Mm. Now I can actually do what, what my joy is, which is the psychic work. And, you know, there's something so beautiful. I mean, you, you spoke about something for, you know, off camera to teach people to do things. Mm. And then and then they have this ability to, to sort of pick it up. And, and it's something that's people would think is very unusual or, or, you know, they're incapable of doing, but they are very capable of doing. So, mm. you know, you're gifted too, mm. um, but you wouldn't know unless you sort of tried it out. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I teach people how to read auras, um, how to um, identify ley lines. That's one of my, my greatest, you know, joys at the moment is that I've been seeing these tunnels and you know, tunnel girl, um, these energetic tunnels through nature for probably a bit over 10 years not really knowing what to do with it but now I'm actually teaching people how to recognize them and how to find them and these where these um, ley lines cross over you get these big portals and you get this incredible energy in these big portals and it's interesting I've just been reading a book um, by Alfred Watkins who's supposed to be like the the, the number one guy on ley lines um, this is a 1925 book so this is the book mm. um, and I'm just I've only a little way in but he's talking about how you know along these ley lines there's all these particular monoliths these big rocks that have been etched and marked it's obviously there for sacrifice on because there's the, the way the marks and this is in England so mm. they were still practicing human sacrifice in England well whenever these monoliths were created I mean I guess um, their history goes back couple of thousand years at least mm. so you know human sacrifice even in English culture was still happening you know a couple mm. of thousand years ago or, or sooner so it's you know this is the thing people people don't recognize that with ritual abuse it's been happening for eons on earth in just about every culture mm. and just about every culture that has a great deal of technology too which is really disturbing so just to think it just just stopped one day mm. is irrational yeah yeah, but yeah, to get back to what you're saying, you know, you know, there are humans have so many innate abilities that um, have been dumbed down, and mm. psychology is the number one reason for that, and that's why it was created, I believe, to mm. dumb down. And that's not to attack, you know, psychologists because the therapy part, the being able to speak to somebody, parts very important, mm. but the diagnosis part, I disagree with. You know, things like schizophrenia, that's a highly psychic person who's clairaudient, who can mm. hear demonic voices telling them to do things. It's not, it's not an illness. It's something that needs to be, they need to be protected. They need to learn protection modality so that those things don't happen to them anymore. Mm, I think when you're saying that, um, is it Jerry Mc, uh, Marzinski? Thank you. I can never yeah. say his last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to a lot of uh, his work and he worked in the um, schizophrenic wards uh, ward in America, which is massive. Like I think he said around 30,000 people, um, which is just nuts. And he told some stories that, um, you know, would you know can really rock you to your core because he was in those situations. But just the fact that um, with the studies and the research that he did and he was able to um, work with people to see that they were both having the same experiences and they were seeing the same things and they were hearing the same things and, you know, um, and like the multiple personalities, schizophrenia, those sort of things, like there wasn't all, you would think if it's multiple or you're hearing different voices that you would have like a joyful one and a happy one and this and that, but they were all of the same caliber. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, there was one time when he uh, talked about uh, these two uh, people um, going out and just 
yeah, having the same experience. Um, I think they might've taken the same drug or something like that. Um, and basically seeing the same things, but one started before the other. And they, so it's um, the metaphysical world, the, the, multi-dimensional world is very real as well we just yeah. we can't see it with our two eyes um so i think yeah that plays into it as well don't you think yeah yeah people find it difficult to believe that we live in a multi-dimensional world mm. they just need to look at the, the 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 electromagnetic spectrum and how incredibly vast it is and how mm. tiny little fraction that we can see mm. which is the rainbow colors and white light so you know um it's obvious. I mean, if you go into quantum physics and, um, um, you know, physics in general, you'll, you'll get a bit of an idea that the, obviously there's a lot of things that we can't visually see that, that exist in the world, um, like gases. We can't see them, mm. but they exist. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, yeah, people just need to get their head around it. Mm. But, yeah, Jerry Marzinski's done some amazing work because um these entities that people tend to hear, I, I don't trust clear audience. I shut down my clear audience side where you can hear um, otherworldly entities mm. from from quite early on. I reckon I shut it down when I was about a teenager because I used to be taken to rituals. Because I was so psychic, I was used as a medium to communicate with the demonic entities that were calling up. Mm. And, you know, that's terrifying. That's terrifying for anybody. They They couldn't do it. They knew that these things were present because I would tell them what was coming up and what they were trying to call up was you know and these are higher order things that they're trying to call up too not not just little you know minor minor demonic entities so um that the sound of those things is, is just off the charts terrifying so i i shut down the clear audience side and i've always um had a had a feeling or a belief that the the audible channels are they tend to be dark especially when you hear about schizophrenics i don't tend to necessarily have visual information that comes through it's mostly auditory mm. so i always warn people if you hear anything take it with a pinch of salt because mm. it could be something dark and you know obviously if it's telling you to do bad things and to hurt people or hurt yourself it's definitely dark and you need to cleanse yourself from it Mm, yeah and there's also like voice of god technology where they yeah as well yep. like as well as the entities there's that the frequency stuff that can come yeah. as well yeah yeah and they're yeah. experimenting with that um probably prior to the um uh the vietnam war but you you know there's got so many war veterans that came back that had devices actually put in their teeth so mm. they could do that more more accurately they obviously don't need to do that now mm. Mm. yeah like and, and the, it, do you think that would be also like with fillings and mercury fillings definitely yeah yeah, Not, yeah. yeah okay and yeah. these poor poor veterans were saying that they've put stuff you know i can hear it in my head and they'd just be relegated as crazy end up mm. on the streets well now it's a well-known fact it's not a conspiracy they were doing that yeah mm. it's so nuts and yeah so so many questions so many places to go going back to the portals because this is some work that I've experienced with you um directly which has just been phenomenal um and so grateful for I see portals everywhere now <laughs> um, <and laughs> once it opens up it's like wow yeah. uh, it's it's just awesome and um I think you know like to balance out like the 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 heavy like the, to, to know like the portals are so powerful um, and the where they come in and they converge and what I guess for people to to know and and have in their heart is 
any tool can be used for good or evil. Yes, any tool. Exactly. So the portals yeah. can be used for rituals, but or they can be used for creating the most amazing as well. And as human beings, we're creator beings. We have the power within us to create anything that we want to create. And so when we're stepping into portals, we um, we go in with the right intention yes. um, and protect ourselves if we feel we need to. And we yes. connect with Mother Earth yes. and we connect with uh, nature around us. That right there puts us in an, an, a really good position to to really raise the vibration, not only of ourselves, but the whole in, entire planet because it always ripples out, doesn't it? It does, doesn't Yeah. Thank you for saying this because I talked about this a little bit in the um, interview with Emma Catherine on her Imagination podcast. It's, it's so important for people to know. So when I was started to, to sort of recognise these um, ley lines and, and portals in nature, I didn't really know why it kept showing itself to me and why I was so it was so painfully obvious to me and I was absolutely fascinated by it and the interesting thing with these um ley lines so ley lines are like the soul meridians and the portals are like the chakras of the earth and the earth has many of them many many of them and you know if you try and look up ley lines you get very little information you know I found a couple of books you know, and, and you know, um, it, it, it's very difficult to find information on it. So Alfred Watkins was doing his um, studies in, 19, in the 1920s and put his book out in 25, and he couldn't find any information prior to that either. So we knew that ley lines existed and we knew that all these monoliths and churches and um, powerful places like Stonehenge had been built on these ley lines, but people didn't really understand that the, the knowledge of why had been lost. So if you look at places like Stonehenge, um, the Oracle of Delphi, the Vatican, um, the Washington Monument, they all have these massive circles around them. Now, those circles are the um, the boundaries of these enormous portals. In, in those locations, they're particularly large. Mm. The ley line sort of crossover nexus points where I've been doing my photographic research, and these things show up on photographs, people. So, you know, it's, it's visual. You can see it. Mm. Um, they're smaller. What happens is they the, the the darker entities, cabal, they build their stadiums and their um, their other monoliths like like the um, Washington Monument, the, the Vatican, in those spaces so that they can um, call out dark entities, because these portals and ley lines are multi-dimensional, so they're fifth-dimensional spaces within which the doorways to all the other dimensions are accessible, mm. and that's why they do their rituals in these creepy places. And they're only creepy because of the way that they've um, manipulated them because those doorways are there. So they will kill a child or kill an animal or whatever they want to do to open a portal, to open a doorway um, and let these entities in. And then they can try and co-opt them, get the entity to take over their body if they want to have more power, those sorts of things. So that's what these um, really dark, dark-souled humans do. What we need to do, and this is, it's interesting because as I was doing the course, I've only taught the course three times now. I'm coming up for another one in November. I'm thinking, why Why do I need to show people this? What am I trying to teach them? And I finally understood that it was because there's been so many of these situations where people all across the world have all done a prayer together at the same time. You know, we've even got special dates where people all go to church on the same day, rah, rah, rah. Um, what we actually need to be doing is having these prayer prayer um lifting up the, the the frequency of the earth type circles but we need to all congregate in these spaces in these portals in these ley lines with protection around us mm -hmm. to counter what the dark souls have been doing on this earth for so long 
that is a key that mm. needs to be known and needs to be worked on apart from all the other five things that I said, we've got to change everything. We've got to do that as well because mm. the earth's soul has been dirtied, sullied, um, co-opted for too long. We need to reverse that as well. So there's so many things we need to do, mm. but it is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. There are, you know, that's one thing of the many, but you know, once you start becoming aware of these things, I mean, awareness is key because when we're aware, like you can't become unaware. Once things are seen, they're no longer unseen and your heart expands, your compassion expands and you can, yeah, like the fact that I see all these portals everywhere and I'm seeing people's <laughs> auras and things like yeah. that, it's, it's so powerful. And yeah. I think it's, I mean, testament to you as just, I just think you're phenomenal. And the the way that you show people how to stand in their power and to see the gifts within that we all have, the innate gifts that we all have. Yeah. Um, and for us to know that, yeah, there are so many things that we can do. You know, we can stop watching the news. We can stop the fluoride. We can live toxin-free. Toxin uh, there's many of us who talk to the plants and the trees and the animals. I've always had a fascination with trees my whole life. I just love them. Um, you know, all those sorts of things and um, speaking to people who are open to listening, just all those kind of things all make such a difference. Even if it feels small to you, imagine how much of a difference that would make all of us making those small little changes. Oh, 100%. And mm. just on the trees, mm. there's this wonderful movie called Fantastic Fungi. Unfortunately, it's on Netflix, but just ignore that and just go and watch yeah. it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, and in it, they show that, you know, we've had these theories that trees try to compete with each other and crowd each other out so that they can get to the canopy and, and, and you know, get to the sunlight. Well, in actual fact, the mycelium, which is a kind of fungus that grows under the earth and is actually like the telecommunications center for all plants, they all connect with each other through the mycelium. Mm. And this is why going out in nature is so important. If you want to raise your energy, just going out in nature, mycelium has the same effect on your aura as, as in repairing the aura and repairing the soul system as going to the ocean does. Mm. So you see a dog at the ocean going spastic because yeah. <laughs> it feels so happy. Nature at mycelium does the same thing. Mm. But the trees actually feed each other through the mycelium as well, which is so beautiful. So we've always had this belief, oh, the plants are all trying to outcompete each other. No, they're not. They're feeding each other. They, they did testing. You see it in the film where they gave radioactive isotopes to one tree, isotopes, mm. um, and, and shaded another tree. So the, the tree that wasn't getting any sun couldn't feed itself. Well, the radioactive isotopes from the other tree were feeding through to the tree that couldn't feed itself. They were feeding each other. Mm. But they're conscious. They're beautiful, conscious, living, you know, they're aware of us. You mm. know, I, it makes me cry now when I see trees being cut down because I just think, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. What, a, what a horrible predatory life we have to live because we have to eat to survive and we have to use resources to survive. But you know, in, in older cultures, we might have actually blessed the tree first, taken the animal's life in the gentlest way possible, tried the, to, to, to bless them and thank them and, and show gratitude. Mm. And those things, I think, are coming back. We're going to be doing those things again because we do need to eat. And mm. I feel guilty even pulling vegetables out of my garden now, mm. you know. Um, but if you bless them and you thank them, it, it makes a difference. 
Yeah, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I think, I mean, the trees are beautiful. And I'd heard that. I haven't watched the movie, but I've heard that how the trees communicate with each other and feed yeah. each other underground. And um, I, I had a friend that was um, building a house and she said, I, and she goes, I feel terrible. We have to cut down a tree. And I said, you know, like sometimes that does happen. We sort of said, you know, give it love and, you know, understand that there will be love where this um, once was and know that the trees all will help um, and communicate with each other underground and feed each other and it, it will be okay. But, um, you know, where they're just, you know, knocking down trees for the sake of knocking down trees all over the world, well, that's just nuts but um yeah I mean nature really is so vital for us and I think at this time too the more of us that come back just to being in nature I mean if you do nothing else and you just go and stand in, <laughs> in a forest or a tree or just by the ocean whatever you can wherever you can get to I mean you're healing yourself but also the planet because we're all connected yeah exactly yeah mm. yeah it's, it's a beautiful thing yeah um and people don't realize that the aura, so your soul is your aura. And the soul uses the body like a puppet. Mm. So the chakras and meridians are where the soul energy comes into the body and, and, and operates it. And that's why when someone's soul leaves the body, it can be in a comatose state and it doesn't really function. It's just sort of kind of there, big lump of meat. Um, the aura itself or the soul system, it can get um, perforated it can it can it's like it's got a skin around the edge outer edge um, and that can become you know permeated and, and energies can be lost mm. so going out into nature going to um, places like the ocean large bodies of water because of the negative ions coming off uh, moving water it can actually repair the soul system mm. so people don't think about health, the health of their soul the health of their their aura um they don't they don't worry about those things that's another thing that people need to take into consideration it's really important and sound resonance is another really good way to protect and cleanse and clear the auric system so um i use a tuning fork it's brilliant so um 432 hertz is, is optimum mm. you just tap the fork and run it through around in your body at yeah, least yeah. You know, once a day once a week exactly yeah. yeah with the intent obviously of of cleansing yourself and it works really well mm. And you, and you bring up intent. I think that that is yeah. the key to everything. I mean, yeah. really, it's, <laughs> it's our intention. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we can be saying words, but the energy and the intention behind it are yeah. different. So um, it's becoming aware of what you're, you're saying and putting out there, but also um, being intentional about things as well. You know, yeah. if you're going to go out in nature, my intention is to call back any energy that I once lost. You know, I picture yeah. it as this sort yeah. of like, the aura like sort of um, sometimes the pieces of the puzzle have been sucked there's different pieces that have been sucked away you yeah. can if you're a visual person visualize those puzzles coming back and coming back into you when when you're in nature and set that intention oh that's beautiful mm. that's beautiful yeah yeah visualization is so powerful that's also the essence of alchemy when people mm. talk about it being you know transmuting of materials what it actually is in my opinion alchemy and it's certainly not bringing in some negative entity into your soul system to to give you power so that you can transmit materials what it actually is is using your intent to get an outcome that you're looking for um and so if your intent is to have a certain outcome in a court case for instance and you have a visualization of that outcome and when you get fears and 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 you know worries and things come in about that you try very hard to push that back and focus on that visualization mm. and it's just practice 
but all you need is one vision to come true and then you know you've mastered that and you'll have trust in your intent to do that in the future Mm. so it's interesting people go on and on about alchemy being evil but it's it's truly not um you know i think the essence of what jesus christ was teaching us and i know a lot of people sort of question whether or not he existed and whether or not he's the crusted oil that comes from the pineal gland Mm. and that could all be part of it as well Mm. there was a transmutation of materials in his instance and i do believe in telekinesis very much so um but it's it's also um because we're multidimensional so you see these really freaky things that happen in poltergeist phenomena um poltergeist where where pebbles would come from the ceiling or spoons or weird objects would just appear out of nowhere and that is basically pulling something from one dimension into another Mm. so it could be a parallel dimension or it could be one of the higher or lower dimensions so that transmutation is also part of the alchemy but it doesn't have to be some scary terrifying you know creepy thing that people fear there's so much fear when it comes to psychic ability Mm. and there's so much in the bible that says you're not supposed to do this and yet jesus christ said follow in my footsteps Mm. and do what i did so yeah. I, I sort of i'm coming up against that at the moment because I'm, I've, I've come out i knew that there would be some pushback yeah coming out of it as being a psychic but um it's interesting where it's come from you know mm. i've been surprised where it's actually come from mm. yeah it's um i mean i throughout my years of my life <laughs> i mean i've i've been very blessed to connect with people with uh extreme abilities and uh, and I've had my own experiences as well. And I think when people um, experience things firsthand, like you can't, you, it's a knowing. You can't, um, you can't go, oh no, that didn't happen. I mean, you might bob some things off, like when you see things in your peripheral, but you, you probably are. Like, don't discount yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but the ability is there, and it's actually one of our superpowers. It's one of our gifts, and it's uh, our, along with our intuition as well um so and it helps build our intuition and i think you said as well about trust as well the more that we um create because we're creators so if you set the intention i loved what you said if you're setting an intention to maybe you want to create something it could be as uh, i'll say as simple as but a book maybe you see yourself as an author and you're holding that book and then you you write that book and it's not even a surprise because yeah. you did that would you say that's alchemy as well that's exactly what it is yeah that's, that's the pure essence of manifestation and mm. alchemy it's yeah. transmuting a thought into reality yeah um and you know artists do it all the time they have a vision yeah. in their head and they draw, draw the picture or paint the yeah. picture it's the same thing a thought into reality that yeah. is the thing and oh, that's so cool because i've often heard people say like things are created twice first in the mind yeah and then without and so we're all alchemists and we're doing it all the time and we're not even giving ourselves any credit for the freaking amazing that we're creating in the world yeah yeah exactly yeah Mm. so you know this is the thing too if we want to win this war against you know dark forces that want to keep us all locked down and do these nasty things to us we Mm -hmm. just have to have the intent that they're not going to win yes collectively our intent is so much more powerful than their little piddly amount of of um you know intent to be you know ultimate controllers which mm. they're never going to they're never going to achieve that mm. it's just not going to happen i've never seen that I, I you know i see part of my my job is prediction people call a psychic or want to see a psychic because they want to have some sort of understanding of what's going to happen in the future because of fears and because you know they, they want to be they want to feel safe mm. 
So prediction is a big thing that I do. And I have never, ever seen that they win this war, ever. Mm. You know, and I'm human like everybody else and I get fears too. And I wake up in the middle of the night, but it's it's always been shown to me and I've always seen that, that it just dwindles away. Mm. Um, but in this situation, unlike the Nazis, who were just then farmed out to other countries, mm. that's not going to happen this time. Mm. They don't get to run away to other countries and just do what they were doing before. It's very, very different. Mm. I, I really feel that and resonate with that too. And I often think, there's no way that we would all come here to awaken and have this opportunity. I mean, it's it's gritty and it's tough, but it's also so magical and beautiful. Like, why would we come here just to watch it turn to shit? We wouldn't, you know? Like, we, we are exactly. all here to experience um, the amazing. And I, I really feel that that's, that's true too and that things will unravel in the most beautiful ways. It's interesting. Mm. People keep talking about like this is supposed to be some sort of event on the 4th of October that a lot of psychics mm. have been talking about. It'll be the 5th for us. Yeah. So it'll be tomorrow for us. So um, we're obviously recording this on the 4th. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing for about seven months that there's some sort of full on event that's going to happen in October. Mm. So now that a lot of other psychics are talking about it as well. So we'll have to see what that is. But um, I remember being shown that I would be quite happy about it. It wasn't something terrible. And it had something to do with the exposure of child trafficking in particular. Mm. So something's coming up. Wow. Well, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's hope that, that that is what it is. I mean, mm. it is so much more out there compared to when, you know, when I first started um, researching and, and hearing about the stories, Annika Lucas and, um you know she did a four-part series um with someone that I watched at the time um and just um you know people not really wanting to hear about it or, or knowing about it to now it's it does feel like there are so many more people who are aware of it oh, hugely hugely yeah. Narita. when I first started when I first started my memories back in 20, 2005, 2006, mm. there was nothing. There was virtually nothing. There was there's a, an Oprah episode and I think there might have been something on 60 Minutes and it was virtually nothing yeah. that was out there. Um, now it's everywhere. Mm. It's just literally everywhere. Mm. So something big has happened. Just before the interview, I was watching something on um, a Telegram channel and someone had put up a little video of um, all these Masonic churches that have been, or Masonic lodges or um, what do they call them, temples mm. being burnt down. Wow. And I just felt this surge of joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this intense surge of just pure joy mm. because the message is getting out there and they're not just driving past the Masonic lodge every day and completely oblivious to it. Because mm. it's like, how can every, how can everybody not know that there's something going on when every single country town in Australia has a frigging Masonic Lodge, even if there's no other buildings. Yeah. There's a lodge in every single town. Mm. How? How? So they'll call it their main hall, but it'll still have the the, the compass and, you know, that stupid symbol that they've got, square and compass. Mm. So, you know, clearly they've, they've, they've marked their territory everywhere. Mm. And now people are really recognising it and they're burning them down. Yeah. And that's not an insight for people to burn things down. I just, I just felt so overjoyed at that because it means the message is getting out mm. yeah I've 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 noticed that like when driving around the country and just like there there is or you know there's like two, well there's two or three different things for like a really small town of a hundred you know yeah. why do they need three churches or three whatever they are 
Um, so they're the kind of things that sometimes you don't think about, but then when you become aware of it, of course, you'll notice it all the time. Um, yeah. So that's so interesting. Was that in Australia or overseas? In Australia. In Australia. Oh, hang on. No, um, it was Australia and America, I think, from the film, but I only watched about oh, about a minute of it. Yeah. I, was, I was welling up yeah. <laughs> with joy and tears and I thought I don't want to be, I don't want to be yeah. crying at the beginning of an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can cry. Quite yeah. All up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I can imagine, well, I can't imagine, but at the same time, imagine how that must feel because of everything that you've gone through. Like, I can't imagine it, but just mm. to ha- have that validation uh, that people uh, are seeing this and just no, enough's enough. Yeah. And like what you said as well before about us um, just collectively, our energy at, and, you know, because people will say, what can I do? I say, if you energetically say no, that actually is, that actually is more powerful than you realize with the intent of saying, no, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. Um, no. And when enough of us do that, it just, it has to flip. It's like the wave is sort of almost crescendo, what the word crescendoing, um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just, it will just tip. And yeah. I feel like we're right there, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. Mm. I actually think we're just coming down. The, yeah. the other side so yeah. we, we've hit we've hit the point we've of the um, point. no no return yeah yeah and the water's just going to go everywhere yeah mm. yeah far yeah. out this has been such an awesome conversation I could talk to you all day and now I'm, now I'm realizing the time um is there anything else on your heart that you would love to share right now Rachel um I don't it's hard because I um, people keep talking about hopium, but people have got to get their head together and not lose hope. Yes. You just cannot lose hope because mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what the dark side wants us to do. They just want us to be, there's a thing called learned helplessness that they mm-hmm. the Nazis were fascinated by and governments have been using on us, news media has been using on us forever. Learned helplessness where you just think, oh, it's just too big and it's too scary and I can't get there. Rubbish. What mm-hmm. an absolute rubbish. Mm. so don't lose hope and keep pushing forward because we're pretty much we're pretty much on the other side now um and now we get to see we get to enjoy now watching their their downfall Mm. and it's systematic now um so and that's because people have all been working together with their intent and there's enough of us who are are pushing and and pushing back so you know don't lose hope keep Mm. keep pushing yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. We are such powerful creatures. Uh, we're magnificent creatures, powerful beyond measure. We really are. Uh, and we, we can, we can absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you. I, and I don't, I don't call it hopium. I just, it's, it's a feeling. It's just a knowing. And that doesn't mean we won't be faced with some shit um, along the way on this journey. Um, but we, we've got this, we've got this. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Rachel, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so grateful and honoured, like I said, to share the screen with you. Uh, You're such a beautiful, powerful soul. And um, yeah, I just, I know great things are coming and yeah, thanks again. And and thank you to uh, those people listening as well. for, for being here and holding space for Rachel and I, well, we'll hold space for each other. Uh, yeah, Rachel, just thank you again. Thank you, sweetheart. And same to you, darling. Thank you for what you're doing because, again, you're pushing back. Mm. Thanks, Rachel.